So we wanted to record a standalone podcast to explain how housing construction, sorry, construction loans. We wanted to record a podcast that's a standalone to sort of explain how a construction loan might differ from a normal standard home loan that we might do for a customer. So we'll start with sort of the differences between the two, right? So do you want to just sort of run through uh, how the finance process might differ between a construction side of it or just buying a property that's already existing? Yeah, cool. So when you buy, when you make an offer on a property that already exists, um, you know, the bank, if you're pre-approved, so, you know, the bank has looked at your and maybe, you know, if you're buying with a partner, looked at your income, um, you know, how you spend your money, what other commitments you've got, and they've approved you for a loan, the bank will normally get a contract and on that contract will have a price and will either do a desktop valuation um, or send a valuer out to look at the property. So the valuer will go out, take photos, you know, look at the construction, uh, look at comparable sales and say, look, yep, that property is worth what the the customers are paying and tick that off and then the bank will approve the loan. When you're buying a property um, that is is not yet built, the bank will still approve you um, like personally, prove that you can afford a loan up to a certain value. But the issue with um, when you've say bought land and want to build is that the property doesn't yet exist so that it can't be valued. So what normally happens, um, so I suppose to answer your first question, how does the process differ? That's how the process differs. Um, with an existing property, it's, an, it's a known commodity. It can be seen, it can be photographed, it can be compared to other properties mm. um, you know, on a comparable sales basis. But if you buy a um, house and land package, so you know, it doesn't yet exist, or you buy land and then engage a builder to you know, give you a contract to build a property, the actual property doesn't, you know, the, the land exists because um, it's registered and that sort of thing, but the, the building doesn't yet exist. So um, that's sort of the main difference. So it is a bit more complex. There is a bit more paperwork involved because with an existing property, you know, once you sign your loan documents and you settle the loan, that's the end of it. But as we'll discuss um, a bit later on, there's a bit more paperwork because, you know, building normally happens in stages. So we'll cover that a bit later. Sort of break that down, what you just said. If you're opting to get a construction loan, there is two options that are sort of branching off out of that that is the reason you're getting a construction loan in the first place. So you're either going to be buying a house and land package or you might be buying land then building on that down the line. Is that sort of how that that works? Yeah, yeah, basically. So you might go out to one of the display centres and there will be the various builders out there Mm. and they might say, look, we've got land in this estate. You know, we've we've purchased land in this estate. It's, you know, X square metres and here's the different... you know, home options you can have. Um, you know, the, the, the normal course of events, you know, they'll offer you like four bedrooms, two bathrooms, double garage, etc. cetera. You know, includes landscaping and those sorts of things. So 
Um, that's buying a house and land package. The other option is, you know, you go out to the land estate yourself. So you go to their on-site display at the land, um, you know, where they're selling the land. You agree to buy a block of land. The land may exist or it may not yet exist. It may not yet be registered. So you buy the land and you might settle the land loan now by paying or, you know, you might pay your, pay your deposit on the land and then you might engage a builder. Could be a private builder, could be like your normal, you know, your McDonald Jones or um, yeah, some of those guys, the uh, Hudson Homes, those sorts of people. You then engage them to give you a, a uh, design and a cost to build on land that you own. Mm. So they're, they're, they're basically the two options. And so without getting too deep in the weeds, there's also differences in how you might have to pay stamp duty depending on if you're buying a, a completed house and land package or if you're buying standalone land to build on later. Do you mind just explaining that a little bit more? Yeah, so stamp duty is paid in most states um, on the what they call the value of the land. So um, if you buy, if you're buying a house and land package for say 600 grand, the value of the land and the build is 600 and you'll pay stamp duty on that. Um, yeah, there are exemptions available for first home buyers and yeah, every now and then there's incentives in different states mm. because they want, um, they want to encourage building because it, you know, there's plenty, plenty of jobs associated with building. Um, if you buy the land, and then contract to build, you only pay stamp duty on the land component because when you buy the land, when the, <clears throat> when the transfer of land is done by um, the conveyancer, the only value is on the land So because you know, the building doesn't exist yet. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a strategy for investors um, who don't get stamp duty exemption to buy land and then build so that they can um, you know, cut their costs. Yeah, you know, buy through having lower stamp duty. And something else, sorry, sort of to, to follow on from that, there's sort of, I guess, two, two tiers of what you're going to need for finance approval, um, which I thought we could sort of go into detail. So we could start with the finance pre-approval side of things and then maybe go to the building contract, if that's all right with you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So with finance pre-approval, um, the process is pretty similar um if you're going to buy an existing property or if you're going to buy a place or you, or you want to build or buy house and land so the first part of the process is where the bank checks um checks you out and your partner out if you're buying as a buying with a partner they will look at you as we've talked before on the podcast they'll look at your credit report your income from all sources um you know if you're self-employed how that's been going the last couple of years They'll look at your um, living expenses. They'll look at what other commitments you have, you know, existing loans, car loans, personal loans, credit cards, afterpay, those sorts of things. So the bank will then say, okay, you and you and or you and your partner, you can buy a property up to $700,000. Um, yeah, you know, they'll take into account any deposit you've got. Um, if you don't have deposit, uh, whether you've got you know, security in another property from parents or, or that sort of thing. So basically, you're, you know, you're approved up to a budget. 
subject to the bank being okay with the property you buy. So if you go buy an existing property, as we've said before, um, the bank will do a valuation. And so long as the valuation is fine and there's been no, no change to your circumstances since the pre-approval, so, you know, you haven't gone and got another job, you haven't lost your job, you haven't taken out more credit, you haven't missed repayments, um, those sorts of things. Um, you know, the bank will do a valuation on an existing property. If you're buying a house and land package, they will get the details of the house and land package being built by the builder and they will do a, they'll get a, a registered valuer to check that out. So the valuer would check out, you know, that you're not, that you're paying market price for the, for the land and that the things that you're getting in the build, the um, inclusions, you know, the bedrooms, bathrooms, you know, the PC items in the, in the bathroom, the appliances in the kitchen, um, those sorts of things, the, the quality of construction, me you know, is that you're getting that what you're paying is what it's really worth so um, that's what happens there if you buy land and then build what would normally happen is the bank would settle the land loan first and you'd pay stamp duty on the land and then once you've got a building contract um, you'd get that to the bank and then the bank would get a value up to check out the building contract to make sure you are getting, you know, that, it, that it's a fair, you're paying a fair price for what you're getting. So they'll look at things like building plans, um, the progress payment schedule, they'll look at the, the, the builder, are they reputable, reputable, reputable builder? Um, do they have insurance? Are there any claims against them? Uh, they'll look at the detailed budget, they'll look at all the items and then you know, the value will come back and say, you know, you've agreed to pay 300 grand for the land and 400 for the build. And in their opinion, that is a fair price for what you're going to get at the end. Yeah. And sort of when working with, um, working with a builder, there's obviously some, like different considerations that should go into how you choose the builder that you're going to go with, I'm assuming, right? So could you sort of elaborate more on, I guess, what to watch out for. Um, we talked about this in prior episodes too, with maybe you might get a quote from several different builders and you might want to go with the cheapest quote there is, but there's obviously going to, there obviously might be variations in what the builder's quote is. Maybe there's added on costs while the building's going on that they weren't allowed for. And there might be worries to think, um, that might not be allowed in your financing by the lender if there's added changes down the line. So do you want to talk about that a little bit more, like what to what considerations to make uh, or to think about if you're looking to do a construction loan and what, what you should look for in a build, uh, a builder, sorry. So, um, yeah, I think we, we talked about this in a podcast a couple of weeks back that um, with the, you know, in the old days, people would get a couple of quotes and you might have, a, you know, one builder quote 280, one quote 300, <clears throat> one quote 320. So people would normally go for the lowest quote thinking that, um, you know, it's, um, it's what, um, you know, it's, I'm comparing apples with apples. I've got three apples and one, you know, one lot of apples are a lot cheaper, so I'll take them. Mm. And then what had happened as soon as you got into the build process, 
the the builder would start putting in variations um you know we we've hit rock um you know we can't the timber's gone up in price we can't get the tiles you want that sort of thing mm. so really you've got to keep an eye out for that i always say the four main words you have to remember are fixed price building contract because that's what the bank will lend against um you should always have a bit of a buffer so if you're say the build 350 you might want to have a buffer of your own cash of 10 percent just for anything that comes up during the build you might want to change something you might want to you know up you know, increase the spec on the kitchen appliances might add five or ten grand you've got to pay for that not the the bank won't pay for it so once the finance is locked in on the fixed price building contract um and we'll talk shortly about progress payments but do do your inquiries like talk to people who've you know if if you notice that you know you're driving around a housing estate and you see uh signs from quite a few different builders yeah, and if you see the owners there looking at the property, go and have a chat with them, look at reviews online, look at how long builders have been around for, like the, the usual suspects like, you know, McDonald Jones, A.V. Jennings, um, Hudson Homes, like the usual suspects, like they've been building, yeah, uh, Thomas Paul, they've been building houses for 10, 20, 30 years all around the country. Mm. Um, you don't get to do that if you're, if you're dodgy so look for the builders track record you know check online reviews um you can talk to the housing industry association if if you know you've you've chosen a builder that you've never heard of um you know also if if it is a smaller if it is a smaller builder you know check out whether they've got capacity to do your job do they have a lot of do they have a lot of building on the go um so that you know they can't actually handle the work. They've just said yes to it to, to lock it in. So they're just some of the things. But you know, if you if you stick to the um the you know the tried and true builders, you you usually can't go too far wrong. Mm. And there's obviously something I sort of learnt about recently with how construction loans work is there's sort of stages to the payments. So instead of uh and if I'm getting this wrong, correct me the lender isn't going to give you your entire amount of money for the construction costs in one go. They sort of stagger that stuff out. So if that's correct, can you just sort of break that down? Yeah. So what's hap- what, how, how it sort of works is there's sort of like a standard progress payment schedule um, in most HIA, Housing Industry Association contracts. So um, what they normally do is the builder will get to a stage and then we'll send you an invoice. And then that invoice goes to the bank with a progress payment schedule and um, uh, request for payment. And then the bank will pay the builder direct. So you can't, you can't agree with the builder to say that you'll pay them 350. The bank's not going to give you the 350 grand. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna pay the, the builder over progress payment schedule. So normally what had happened is prior to your approval, um, yeah, the bank will make sure that the DA is, has been done, that the builder has insurance and um, everything's sort of ready to go. And then over about a four to six month period, the builder will lay the, will lay the you, know, you, you might have a small deposit you'll pay of say 5%, 
there's usually about a 15% cost for the slab. And you'd normally have um, at the slab stage, you'd normally have a, the bank send the valuer out just to make sure that the slab's okay and everything's looking good. Um, the next stage is when the frame goes up um, and you know some of the, the roofing goes on. The next stage is when it's basically at lockup. Um, the next stage after that is fit out, and that's that can take quite a bit of time because it's pretty finicky. And then the last um, stage is completion. So with those five stages, you can say roughly it's 20% per stage. can be a bit up and down on each one, but in the progress payment schedule in your building contract, it will show the total cost and the percentage that the builder is entitled to at each stage. So we normally say to clients, ask the builder to send you photos, um, especially if you're building interstate or you're building where you can't go and check on it. You know, if you're if you're building a place to live in, you know, it's probably going to be within an hour and, you know, you can go check on it every couple of weeks and meet the builder there and have a chat and that sort right. of thing. But if you're getting a house built, if you, you know, if you live in you know, north coast of New South Wales and you're building in Queensland or, you know, you live in Melbourne and you get building at Bendigo and it's an investment property, you know, you can't, or, you know, Warrnambool, you can't sort of just pop in the car all the time and drive the two and a half to three hours to go check it out. So get them to take your take photos. Um, usually around the fit out or completion, the value will go out again to make sure you're getting what you paid for and, you know, the builder hasn't cut any corners. And, you know, if the builders do cut corners, um, the bank is entitled to hold up the payment. So one of the good things about um, having a bank involved is the bank pays the builder and the builder is more inclined to be honest when the, um, and I'm not saying builders are dishonest, I'm just saying they know that um, if there's issues, you know, they may, it, if, if the bank has issues with a builder, they may blacklist the builder. Mm. And which means that, you know, if there's future customers who are gonna be customers of that bank, um, the bank might refuse to um, lend that if builder. that builder's involved. Right. Um Quick side note, um, sorry, give me one sec. Yeah, quick side note with this. Are there differences between the interest rate offerings for construction loans compared to owner-occupied loans? Look, there can be. There can be. Usually during the construction process, um, it's an interest-only loan because quite a few people are renting while they're building a house to move into so yeah, it's a chain. It's it's quite different across a range of lenders. Some have you know higher application fees, but um, yeah, that might include the cost of valuations. They may not charge you separately for them. Um, but yeah, you know some some banks often have have specials on on loans um, for construction. But um, yeah, it just it just depends on the. Um, yeah, if you go to your bank, most banks do construction loans. If you go to your broker, um, they've usually got quite a range of options which they can show you to, um, you know, to, to get you the funds you need at, at a good rate. Okay. There's a couple more things we're going to cover about construction loans. So um, let's say you've got your construction loan, you've gone through every part of the, the building stage and the build's complete. What sort of happens yep. from that 
from that point on, what sort of how do, how does it end? What 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 happens when the build is complete? Yeah. So normally, what happens is the when you put in the final payment form, uh, progress payment form, the bank will normally send a valuer out. If they're happy, the builder will get paid their final amount, and then they'll basically hand the um, the building over to you, like for you to move into. Um, one of the things we do suggest is to make sure you still get your own pest and build inspection, um, just to make sure that there's no issues with it. Like the valuer normally just comes out and, and you know, does a, a cursory check, takes some photos. A pest and build person will you know, get into the subfloor, get into the roof, check for water leaks, you know, check, you know, you know make sure before you take um, ownership, you know, you check the plumbing, you check the air conditioning, you check that the appliances work, you check that you've got the um, remote control for the garage and it works, all that sort of thing. So, mm. but we do recommend, you know, if you're spending five to $600,000 on a new property, it's always best to get your own independent pest and build inspection. Um, yeah, if the bank says, oh, if the builder says, oh, we've checked it and everything's good, um, that's great, but you should still get your own report. Hmm. We'll, we'll quickly cover some of the yeah. uh, the incentive side of things, right? So if you're going to have a construction loan, what government incentives might you be able to consider uh, to maybe get a little bit of a hand from the, from the government uh, to fund it, I guess? Yeah, cool. So um, people probably aware that during the pandemic there was home builder and you know quite a lot of people got on to that scheme before the end of December 2020 and the um, uh, and March 2021. Um, sometimes builders offer incentives, so you know they might have um, incentives that you can sort of access. You know, you know free upgrades packages. Um, yeah, amounts off and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, always ask them because they might be able to sweeten the deal. Um, the main ones are around um, the first home loan deposit scheme for people that are buying their first property to move into. There's a, um, a scheme where you can build a new property for if you've got a 5% deposit. So that's pretty good. Um, if you're also a first home owner, yeah, there is a $10,000 grant available, which is a federal government grant, um, which has been around for about 20 odd years now, which is basically to cover the increased cost of the GST on, um, on property. So there are some incentives around, um, yeah, definitely ask your builder, is there anything that they can throw into sort of, you know, you know they might upgrade to better appliances or you know, give you better tiles or, you know, throw in a driveway or that sort of thing. So or as you say, if you, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And look, the other the other thing I'd recommend in using a broker for a construction loan because most brokers do construction loans quite often, so they know the tricks and the ins and outs, and can give you a sort of the inside running on, you know, how to make it a smoother process. So, but if you, you know, if you're more comfortable with um, using your bank, go there, and I'm sure they'll look after you. Mm, okay. And there's sort of this last point is a little bit more nitty gritty. So, and it won't apply to everybody also. Um, 
if you are your own, if you're a builder yourself and you want to build your own place, um, is that something that's manageable for people to do? Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. So like if you, if you wanted to make, if you wanted a construction loan applying for one, but you're a builder yourself and you want to be in charge of building the property, is that something that's doable from a lender's perspective? Look, banks generally don't really like owner builders um, because things, yeah, they'd prefer to have um, someone like a, reputable experienced company doing them it goes pear-shaped because um you know you're not on it full time um even even when you're a builder um you know things can things can just go wrong so i would always recommend probably get you know for your first place at least getting some getting a professional builder to do it it'd be a lot easier to get finance it's more structured. There's kind of goes wrong. It's nearly always their fault, so you can get it rectified. Um, if you're own a building and you're you know, you're managing all the you know, you're managing the bricklayer and managing the concreter and managing the carpenter and managing the roofer and the landscaper, it's just you know too many cooks can spoil the toilets. So. I'd, I'd say stay stay away from it first. Try it building. You might be able to do it the second time, but um, yeah, generally I'd, um, I'd I'd let the professionals do it. Mm. Okay. Was there anything else you wanted to cover, sort of on the construction load side of things, before we got out of here? Well, not really. Only just to say that it is it is different to you know getting a normal loan because you know as we said with a normal loan, you you get approved, you buy a house, the house exists. It can be compared and it can be valued. Um, you know, you with a construction loan and you know, when, you're, when you're buying land and building or, or getting a house and land built, the, uh, the thing doesn't exist yet. So it's just a concept, it's pictures, it's in a plan and that sort of thing. Yeah, there is a little, ri- there, there is always a risk that if you, if you agree to, if you agree in say November, 2021, to have a house built and the house is not built till June, um, when the place comes to get valued at the end around June, you just don't know what the market's gonna be like. You know, if, if um, and there's 50 houses like yours have come up, um, you know, the valuer might think, wow, that's, it's probably not worth what you paid for it and may undervalue it, especially for investors um, because normally, yeah, they'll buy off the plan, and yeah, the the developer will be developer or the 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 spruker will be selling selling them like fish fish on Good Friday, and then all these things um, come up for rent at the same time, and they're all available at the same time. So, yeah, just just be careful. Um, do your checks. Make sure you do your reviews. Talk to the HIA. Talk to your broker. Talk, yeah. You know, look at online reviews for the builder. You know, for your first one, especially, try and stick to a builder who um who's been who's been around. Mm, fair point. So um, if anybody wants to get in touch with sort of what we do on the broking side of things, um, we have a website, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. If you can, you want to check us out on Facebook, you can just type that in, and you'll find it pretty good and easy. 
like we always say, there's some good calculators on our website that you can access for free. Helps you figuring out your borrowing capacity. That's sort of what the, the top end max amount of money you could likely borrow uh, using that calculator. There's other calculators on there for budgetary stuff as well if you want to try and figure out what your budget looks like. So, um, yeah, that's about it for me. Anything else, David? No, very good. Thanks for that. Beautiful. Have a good one, people.